Welcome to the Be Real podcast. I am your host, Diana Gasparoni. I am a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her programs. Along with my amazing co-hosts, Anisha Salisbury and Divya Robin, each week we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists from various disciplines and schools of thought, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought-provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We will give you tips and insights to taking the next steps, or if you have already gotten in the door, to go deeper. Each week, we are going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions, reminding you that you are not alone. Mental health is my passion. I practice what I preach. I know that the struggle is real. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content, leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together and look underneath the surface and get real. Hey guys, we are back with Be Real. I am super excited about our guest today, Lori Palau. She's gonna talk to us about clutter, declutter, all of the tips that you need right now. So um, that's pretty exciting. But I think before we get into that, Diana, I would really like to talk about summer plans, right? Because I think that everyone had like these amazing summer plans, but COVID was like, eh, no. And so how are we pivoting? <laughs> how are we Because this is not, this yeah. is, we are not set up for hot girl summer like we were last year. No, that is not no. going to be the tagline. Mm-mm-mm. Well, uh, we were going to go to Italy. Got it. And I, I'm still mourning that idea, but it's okay. Italy's still going to be there. Um, he did find a... Thing you showed me the other day from Sicily. <laughs> you will, we'll, pay, we'll pay for party about it. Yeah, <laughs> come, come to my come to my island. So uh, we have Italy somewhere on the calendar. But um, for this summer, our current plan, uh, which is maybe modified, is uh, to go hang out with my sister um, in California. And, uh, if we have to quarantine, she, we can hang out in her in-law apartment in the back and quarantine there and then spend enough time in California because we can work for the first couple of weeks and then, um, have vacation for the last two weeks. So that's our current plan. If that doesn't happen, like if mm-hmm. we're not, if we're still not flying, there's some talk about the shore possibly. I don't know. I don't, I really, uh, I'm, we've been, I'm dying to go, <laughs> to go. Come, like, I know, like, I really want it to be summer and I want to go outside. Uh, not that you can't go outside. I mean, I get that you can go outside. It's just sort of the traveling and where we're going to go or, you know, I like to travel in the summer for sure. I like to take the last two weeks of August off every year and go someplace special. And so, yeah, it's still a conversation. I know what do we, uh, the as we are uh, recording this, we're two weeks away from Memorial Day, which seems really yes. weird because that's like the summer kickoff. So I'm definitely making sure that we, you, me, our team um, are taking that day off and treating it like a regular weekend, like mm-hmm. a regular long weekend, like we would. And then um, I don't know. I hope that I hope we do get to go to California. That's my that's my wish right now. What about you? Well, because if I you- if I'm not in California, I can tell you right now. After Anisha answers this question, you know where I'm going to be. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, let me first say that I already have two clients booked on Memorial Day. Why I don't know, but I think they're in the morning. So I was like, all right, we'll get it out the way. We'll do it in the morning. Okay. Um, the other thing is, um, right now today it is going to be 84 degrees in New York City. This is one of our first hot day. It's probably our second like really warm day. So I'm pretty excited today to just go out for a walk. So I think that's the first thing is first things first. Um, but as far as my summer, um, what I realize is that this may be the first time that I can spend some extended time with my brother and his family. They live in Florida. We see each other every year for Christmas and things like that. But like 
I could actually spend like a month there, rent an Airbnb, um, mm-hmm. quarantine for 10 to 14 days, whatever he makes me do. And then really spend some really great time with my nieces and nephews, my sister-in-law, I'm very close to my brother. So I think that this could be a really amazing time to do that. So I'm thinking about doing that for a month Ooh. in the summer, maybe June to July. Um, and then after that, um, don't forget to bring your microphone with you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll still be working guys. I won't just be in Florida hanging and I promise you, I won't be at the beach and I won't be on one of those pictures that everyone sees on Facebook of all of the Florida people at the beach. That won't be me. Promise you guys. Um, I'll be walking on the beach, not sitting, <laughs> but I will be there. You're going to rent um, an Airbnb with a pool. Yes, I am. Okay. Definitely with a pool. Um, and then we're going to talk about this a little bit more today, but I am redoing my backyard. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a house by the beach for the rest of the summer. So that's going to be really fun and really cool. I'm so. already picking out my lounge chair that will be six feet away from you. We will social distance. <laughs> well, actually, it'll be like 12 feet away so that <laughs> I can don't have to wear my mask in the sun so I can get like full on. A great sun. tan. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just a little, just a little something, just a little something. Um, so I hope everybody has, is making plans for the summer and, um, has, have, has pivoted their, (laughs) their summer plans and, uh, have something to look forward to. Cause I know that that is there as we move through this and Anisha and I have talked about it multiple times, but like, uh, now that we're moving into a new season, there will be another seat. A, more dis- a few more disappointments so we have time to like shift and change and make new plans for what we're going to do and we still get to enjoy it so um please enjoy your summers uh so today i'm going to give a little shout out to our guest today so you're going to hear me say it but she is one of my ride or dies so Lori palau uh is going to be our guest today she is our 14th guest on our 14th episode which what I was the 14th guest on her 14th episode of her of her podcast. So I did that on purpose. Lori Palau is the author of the book, Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, host of the popular weekly podcast, This Organized Life, and founder of Simply Be Organized, a lifestyle company helping people live simply and work smarter. Her advice has been featured in national publications, including Real Simple and the New York Times, my go-to. Lori speaks to on the topics of clutter, parenting, and entrepreneurship. Her Clutter Clinic is a nationwide workshop providing strategies to help your team, group, or organization reduce clutter at home or in the workplace. A self-described homebody and coffee lover, Lori lives in Bucks County, Pennsylvania with her husband, Josh, two daughters, and her dog, Jeter. And she's going to be hanging out with us today. Can't so, wait. I know. So uh, hang on and have a listen. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Good morning, uh, or afternoon, or evening. It, I am Diana Gasparoni, and today is episode 14. A little history. Our guest, I was her 14th guest on her podcast, This Organized Life. 
so many, I don't even know where to begin, but Lori Palau is one of my ride or dies. So this is such a special morning to me. And also we just held my hand as we moved into getting Be Real launched. Like she was so generous and open and kind and loving, and she's all those things to me all the time. So I'm actually going to let Adnisha ask Lori all the questions today because oh. I... And I'm just going to jump in because I want the two of them to get to know each other. And uh, I'm going to let Lori, uh, I'm going to, we're going to find out more about her, but she has a podcast. She is, let's see, one of my favorite things is, how did she put it? A lifestyle company helping people live simply and work smarter, which I loved that tagline because it really sums up a lot of what she does. And she's going to tell us a little bit about it. And we're going to talk about her work and what she does um, in relationship to your space and your life. And especially now that we're at home all day and we're working from home and we're working either with our partners or our families in the home and, um, how she's kept things organized and what she's done. And uh, we're going to talk about the feelings that come up in your, when you're in your space all day, all sorts of stuff. Yes, I'm super, super, super excited to have her here today. So uh, Anisha's here. Hey, Anisha. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> good afternoon. Good evening. <laughs> I am super excited today because what the listeners don't know is that I've never met Lori. However, I feel like I know her because when Diana decided to start this podcast, Lori let us borrow her producer, right? <laughs> so her producer is Don, who is now our producer as well. But Diana and Don talk a lot about Lori. He actually <laughs> talks about Lori all the time, right? And, and I promise you, Lori, it's all great things. He thinks that you are just amazing. So I love it. So I am so happy to be here with you this morning. Now I get to know you a little bit differently, right? So I, I get to put a face to a name. So um, I'm excited about this morning. Well, thank you guys. I am super humbled <laughs> and very excited to be here. Okay, so let's just jump right in, right? So why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about who you are? You think this would be the easiest question to answer, but I always like struggle with what's the best way to position this. From a personal perspective, I am a mom to two daughters. I have a 19-year-old who just finished her freshman year in college, and I have a 16-year-old junior. So two girls. Um, I've been married to my husband for almost 22 years, and we live in a suburb of Philadelphia, like in Bucks County, PA, which is midway between New York City and Philadelphia. And professionally speaking, I start, I'm an entrepreneur is probably the easiest way to sum it up. And my specialty is working with people, whether they are people at home or people in the workplace, like Diana mentioned, kind of helping them live simply and work smarter. So some people would describe me as a professional organizer. And I did that kind of in the first half of this career, but I don't do as much hands-on work. And now it's really more about strategy and why. And I wrote a book and like to talk and pretend like I'm a therapist, which Diana knows. And understanding really the motivation of what clutter looks like in terms of efficiency, time management, as well as kind of the physical stuff that's in our lives and helping people reduce the shame or embarrassment or frustration or anxiety that surrounds that. So that's kind of my jam. Okay. It's interesting. I've definitely worked with people who had issues around organization, maybe some borderline hoarders. So I definitely have a lot of thoughts about that. But I know you and Diana talked about this when she was on your show. So what do you think the emotional connection to clutter is, and, you know, from your point of view? Put on that therapist hat, Lori. So, yeah. So <laughs> just to kind of, so just to kind of back it up. So when okay. I talk about just, I, when I talk about clutter, mm -hmm. I, most people just conjure up the image of like the physical stuff that's in your way. And obviously that's, that's kind of the symptom. That's the, that's not really the why behind it. So when I talk about clutter with people, I break it into three distinct categories, your physical clutter, which could result from, you know, not having the, the right systems in place. It could result from just having not working smart. It could just work from too much stuff, whatever this, whatever it is, the physical stuff is the stuff that you see. Emotional clutter is kind of the strongholds that hold you back from taking action. And those could be resulted from 
things of procrastination, indecision, guilt, fear, overwhelm, time. So all those factors kind of play in. And then the third type of clutter is what I call calendar clutter, which a lot of people in this society, even before COVID, obviously, people were overscheduled. He was kind of like a, a badge that we wore. And so factoring in all of the things that people do, whether you are a mom or you're working inside or outside the home, or you are a professional that is building a career and you're doing volunteer work and you're involved in your community and whatever else, you know, we all think the more that we have on our plates, the better. But what that does is after a while, your clutter, your calendar starts to look like a closet that's overflowing because we're adding more layers into it. What I try to do is peel back kind of the emotional component to why we do these things, whether it's bringing the physical stuff into our home, why we feel like we need to say yes to the million things that we're saying yes to, or we're holding on to things for reasons like I stated earlier, fear, guilt, indecision, those things. No, I want her to, I want to open my calendar and give it to Lori and have her fix it. (laughs) Oh my God. I've seen your calendar, Diana. Wow. (laughs) I just want to have her fix it. But here, anyway, go on. (laughs) I'll wait. I'll wave my magic wand. I'll wave my magic wand. And you know, it's, it's interesting because, and I'm not exactly sure when this episode is going to release and kind of where we are, but just at the time of this recording or when people are going to be listening to it. But you know, at the time of this recording, we're still under quarantine and where I am in Pennsylvania, we haven't quite moved into yellow. The people are starting. The natives are getting restless. Um, but I know where you guys are, you know, it's very different climate. And so this quarantine time has kind of forced a lot of us to hit the pause button, whether we like it or not. And for some people, that has helped them with relieving a lot of the external obligations that they were doing or external activities, I should say, Mm -hmm. that they were doing that was contributing to their clutter. But then for other people, quarantine has added to that if you're talking about, and again, I know this isn't like a COVID episode, but I just look at my friends who, or, or clients who have you know, younger children or people that, you know, now you're trying to navigate multiple workspaces at home, which is adding to physical clutter, or now you're trying to work full time, but also distance learn your seven-year-old. So, you know, that's adding another layer. So I think it's interesting as, you know, we're navigating through all these times, the end of the day, life is going to be fluid and we're going to go through different seasons and it's how do we adapt and what do we put on the back burner? Because the reality of it is we can't do all things at all times. None of us can. No. <laughs> no, um, I'm trying. And, the, and so <laughs> giving yourself, I think a lot of times what I do is helping just to give people permission to say, not right now. You know, I always say you could say no, like a lot of people say, say no. And that's a full sentence. Well, I study personality, right? So, you know, as my kind of, I don't want to say side hobby, but I I do a lot of studying of personality types. And for some people saying no comes very naturally and they're confident, but for other people, that's really a struggle. So saying to somebody, just say no, that might be like, you know, really an overwhelming thing to do. So just knowing the language of saying, okay, not right now, or this has to kind of shift and our priorities are going to shift. So just understanding that is, and knowing that about yourself is is really an important part of the equation. I'm, I'm glad that you talked about all the different types of clutter, because I think that when we think about clutter, we mostly think about physical, right? And we think about all of the shows that we see, right? Like the hoarders, and that's the first thing that kind of comes to mind. But I was just thinking about like what possessions really mean to us, right? It kind of embodies our memories, our hopes, our dreams, like who we believe we are now, who we're going to be in the future, who we were in the past. And so it's hard to kind of let go of things, right? You know, I, I think about when I look into my closet and I still have my prom dress. And I'm <laughs> 40, oh, right? no, you do not. I still oh, no, have you my do prom not. Dress. But wait, is it hanging <laughs> in your closet or is it hanging in like a... Now but in the closet that you get dressed in every day. It is in the closet. It is hanging in 
Yes. <laughs> oh, if this was going to be on video, we could see Lori's right now. She's like, absolutely not. Like, okay, let's have. So we could just have the conversation Lori, right now about prom dress it was, and it what was, we're going to do with a, the prom dress. It was dress. a very sleek, sexy black dress. Okay, let, let, let's just start there. I wore it five years ago. Like five years ago, I wore it to an event and I couldn't believe I could still fit it. So that just made me super happy. I, I, I don't even know how to respond now. I'm having images of my 1989 prom dress. Not a, not a sleek black dress. Nope, nope. it was not. No, no, it was, no not. it was not. No, It had the back out and I was just like, whenever I look at it, I think that again, those memories kind of come back. Like I remember being I remember being in Lord and Taylor's with my mom and, you know, kind of picking it out and all of those things. So I think about when I think about this physical clutter, just all of the emotion that comes with that possession. And I think that for you, is that the hardest part with people? Yeah. Well, first of all, absolutely. Okay. So the short <laughs> answer is absolutely. But the second thing I'm going to say, and I think this is really important, is if it's a pain point for you, if this is causing a problem for you, if you're saying to me, you know what, Lori, I don't have enough room in my closet, or I am struggling with decision fatigue because I'm being faced with so many things or getting dressed in the morning. I mean, obviously this is, this is your wheelhouse people with, you know, analyzing people. <laughs> like you guys actually have like legal certification. Okay. I don't we're have gonna that, give you, yeah. We're going to give you, we're, we're, Today we are giving you a honorary license, <laughs> an honorary <laughs> license so to come excited. over to our side. Yes. So Here excited. we go. But the reality of it is if it's not a pain point for you and it's not having a negative impact, then keep the dress in your closet. It's when it becomes a problem of you're holding on to, you know, I'll I'll go into somebody's closet and I see, you know, work clothes, you know, from 15 years ago and they've been a stay-at-home mom and the stuff is like, and they're holding onto it just because, and it's taking up space and then they're hanging stuff on their chair and it's, there's no room in the closet and all of these other things that are trickling down as a result of this. So if it's not a problem and it's not impacting you negatively, hang the dress in the closet. Who cares? The episode that we're not going to have today is that I did not go to the prom. So Ooh. yeah, we won't go there today. No. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> were you too mature? Did you think that you just I was, was too no, mature I was not. for the prom? <laughs> no, I was. It's a long, sad story. But anyway, I'm over it now. Years of therapy. I am over not going to the prom. Uh, maybe we'll have a quarantine prom. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh my that. goodness! You, know, you, you, and you and all the the high school juniors and seniors this year that did not have a prom because of COVID. <laughs> I know. I might go to theirs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, all right. So Anisha's prom dress. But while the whole time you were talking, I was just thinking, I'm so fortunate. Like this is it's so fortunate. Lori's been through my closet. <laughs> she's been through my closet she's been through my kitchen um there's it's when she's here and she visits I get told don't touch anything not by Lori but by <laughs> oh because I was gonna say wait when do I tell you not to touch no, anything Lori's like do your thing and he's like was Lori here because everything seems to be in the right place I was like I didn't know it was in the wrong place before. It's very funny. It's very, it, the flow of your house is I think always at the nicer. End of the, I, well, thank you. I mean, for me, the key is about how it makes you feel. And I, again, we've seen this more than we probably care to. You know, our home should be, in my opinion, you know, a place of calm after all the craziness that we're dealing with in our lives. And when I hear people feel embarrassed to have people over or feel less than because they are comparing themselves to something two-dimensional on social media or, you know, what they see or what they think their house should look like. Or people who come to me and say, oh, I'm so exhausted, but I feel like I have nothing to show for it for the, you know, throughout the day. And this is like a pattern of behavior. There's just a lot of shame that surrounds clutter. What I try to do is help people reclaim that control over that, because as we all know, there's so little that we really actually have control over, but clutter is something that we do. 
giving people the tools and strategies to find what's going to work for them in whatever, you know, whatever their current situation is, I think is super is is valuable. And that's the stuff that people take away, not about the bin, the basket. That's all nice, but that's the fluff. So do you have like a decluttering system, right? Like are people asking you to help them be more focused, relaxed, productive? So are they asking you to be like superwoman when 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 they call you, right? Like do you have a system? And has it changed during COVID now? I don't know. Yeah. So yes, I do have a system and I can walk on a super top line level, I can just walk our listeners through. So if anybody's listening and wants to do something on their own, um, and I preface this by saying, I do a lot of work with kids and I've taught this system to children. It is super, super simple that people can apply. And I think the, the biggest- go. You got this. Yeah, you got this. you got this. You got this. All right. <laughs> so- and, and I also want to just say, there's no one size fits all. So you have to modify these things to make it work for you and your family, wherever you are. So my system is called, I call it the ESP method, which stands for empty, sort, and purge. You start with emptying your space because it's really difficult. If you've ever tried to declutter your closet, just one at a time. And I'm not saying that it's not a good idea if you pull a shirt out and you're like, yeah, I don't really wear that to kind of throw it in the donation bin. Of course, that should just be a daily practice. But to really go in there and say, I want to revamp this space or I want to declutter this space. I think it's important to use as much of a clean slate as possible. Now, I will say that doesn't mean you have to empty the entire contents of your closet or your kitchen all at once. You could start with a drawer. And that's where I actually recommend people start with just a drawer. Start with, if you have a hang, hang, take one like section of your hanging clothes. You know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are in apartments or in the city, so they don't have tons of space because you need a little bit of a staging area. And what you don't want to do is fall into this trap where, oh my gosh, I've emptied everything to stop or you want to stop and now, what do you do with it? So take bite-sized chunks, whatever that looks like, and then move on to the next. So you empty whatever space you can, and then you sort it. And I have four piles that I sort into. So the most common ones that people know are the keep, donate, recycle, right? You re- recycle slash trash. But we're going to be, you know, environmentally conscious and say keep, donate, <laughs> recycle. <laughs> but the one pile that a lot of people don't really account for, but it's a really important category in my book is the relocate. So relocate could fall into a couple different areas. So the relocate could mean you, um, your kids were fighting and you grabbed a Nerf gun and shoved it in the top of your closet. And so (laughs) it it doesn't need to live in your closet, but you might, well, maybe you would want to throw it away, but like, let's say you're going to put it back in the, in the playroom or the kid, wherever that is. Right. So it could be that, Or, you know, you were fixing something and you have a hammer in your office, but, and you were just, you know, lazy or distracted or whatever, label people, but you never, it didn't return back to its home. So you're obviously not going to get rid of it. It just doesn't need to live there. So there's that relocate piece. But then there's also the relocate that is the prom dress or the, you know, (laughs) that you might want to keep. So you might get to a point where you say, you know what, this prom dress is, you know, is memories. It's part of my history. It's something I want to hold on to. I'm not ready to part with it. It's not hurting anybody. If I put it in my, in a relocate, I want to keep it in my memory. So having that dedicated memory bin, and you know, this is a really big one for parents, but not only like we all, my husband and I also have a memory bin, but I have them for my kids as well. So I think, you know, it could be an, an, a relocate. It could be a letter, a card. It doesn't have to be something physical, tan- like a big, like tangible thing. It could be something small. It could be a keepsake that somebody gave to you that you just want to hold on to from a different time in your life. You know, photos are another big one of that. So the relocate pile is something that I think a lot of people get in the state of arrested development and they don't know where to keep it. So they just keep it in its existing spot because it's not something they want to get rid of. So if you can factor in those four piles, once you do that, it makes the organizing part much easier because you've streamlined things and you know that the only things in the key pile are the ones that are going back. Um, and that's pretty much my simple system. I try to zone by um, like with like, which is pretty 
common sense-ish, but I'm not talking to anybody who does it. But I mean, like, I don't know if that's like an epiphany type of a, you know, thing, but I try to zone like with like, but again, some people prefer, if you're talking about clothes, some people like to do it by color. They are aesthetically like that. Some people like to do it by category where they have all their work clothes in one area, all their casual clothes in another area, you know? So I think you have to find the system that is going to resonate with you for me to come in here and say, every single person should lay out their closet this way or lay out their, their home office this way is, I don't know the patterns of you or your partner or your kids or whatever. So you have to play around and figure out what is going to be sustainable because you have to have a little bit of grace and understand that. Okay. So I'm going to talk about a couple things. First of all, and we, I do want to just touch on mail for a minute, but I'm not going to do it right now. So I want to just talk about two different types of clutter. This is another, this is another Lori psychology strategy. I think when I look at clutter, I look at it as, is this like a systemic issue or is this a situational issue? Is this something that is because you you have something that's, that's broken and not working. That is a long-term, like you just need a better strategy. You need a better system. You need some tools in your toolbox to help you be able to discern what to do or how to do it. Right. Is this something that is workable or is this a situational clutter. Like, are you having clutter because you've got every single human being in your house 24-7 doing every possible activity? So your kitchen counter is going to have more stuff on it than it normally does. Mm-hmm. Are your dishes going to have, Are your is your sink going to be filled with dishes, mm-hmm. even though normally it's not because <laughs> your kitchen is a revolving door? So is it, I think you need to, again, everybody needs to give themselves. And this is something that I've had to work on, you know, is saying, okay, this, this is a temporary thing. This is a temporary reason why we have piles. This is a temporary reason why there seems to constantly be, you know, stuff all over the place and your system isn't broken. It's just your situation right now has altered. Now, if the goal is that that is going to you know, return to some level of your new normal, then just try to figure out how you can band-aid this to make it more palatable for yourself. And if it's something that is going to be permanent, well, then the system that you've had may need to be adjusted and tweaked because that's, that's life. So for parents that may say, oh, now I have to have a dedicated homeschooling area for my kid or my office area that I worked on independent, like by myself, I now have to share with my partner or my spouse because we're both working from home. You know, they're going to have to be things that unfortunately, because of our current quarantine situation, know that, you know, what worked in the past may not work exactly moving forward. We've already had a little, a little moment where she's helping me with the gym that's now in my apartment and <laughs> helping me set, figure out what to do with some of the gym equipment that is now in my apartment. Uh, later on, probably after maybe this evening, because Lori is Lori is the person I check in with <laughs> at the end of each week for my sanity check. And uh, we're going to take a, I'm going to take that call up here in, in the, in the loft because we can um, we can have a conversation about how I can make this more efficient for two people. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'm super yeah. excited for that. And I do just want to give, uh, I just want I did say I was going to come back to mail because I think mail mails g- is a generic problem that everybody has, right? It doesn't matter. Man, woman, families, not families mail, something that is continually something that comes in and it's a lot of where it's a lot, a huge stress point for a lot of people. And what I don't think people necessarily recognize is that there's a lot of emotional clutter that comes with mail and people don't really necessarily see that on the surface because you think, how could you be emotionally attached to mail? But there's a lot of fear and uncertainty when people get stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what I talk about, when I talk about the, the five clutter pitfalls, which I addressed earlier, which are procrastination indecision, guilt, overwhelm, and time. I see a lot of people with procrastinating because they don't know what to do with it, right? So so you'll get something in the mail and there's certain things that you know you need to take action on, a bill that needs to get paid or whatnot. There's certain stuff that you know is just 
recycle like junk mail. But then there's this kind of gray area where you might get something in the mail that could be a statement, it could be some sort of document. And you're like, I don't know, do I, what do I do with it? And so people tend to put that in this, I'm going to put it here, because most people don't have a fear of making a mistake. If I put it here, I'm not right or wrong. I'm just putting it here. But then that indecision pile ends up becoming resulting in clutter. And so a lot of times people, it's not an intentional, again, being lazy and just not wanting to do it. It's just not having like a a call to action of what to do with it. So that's one of the things is I try to help people, especially when it comes to males, defining is this something, is this action related? Do I have to do something with this or is it to be filed? And if it's something that I'm going to be filed, is it something that I could retrieve electronically easier? Because I think when it comes to organization, I always tell people, and this goes for paper, this goes for stuff in your kitchen, this goes for uh, stuff in your closet. It's the ease of retrieval. It's not the act of putting it away that to me justifies organization. It's how quickly can I go to retrieve it when I need it. And so what happens is a lot of people waste time going back to counter clutter, looking for things that they know they have because they didn't set up a proper system or it's easier to retrieve somewhere else, i.e. like electronically. First of all, I was, I'm looking at this big pile of mail and I'm like, this is just the stuff. Like I've already paid all those bills I paid them online. I didn't even have to open them. So what am I holding them for? And that, but I, then I think the next thing for me personally is that my computer gets cluttered. And so like, I can see, I can see the correlation. And I was also thinking about, um, while you were talking, there is that and I've worked with many patients on opening mail. Like what is, what's going to happen if you open it? How, how, if you sit with it for so long, I've had people bring their mail into the office and we've gone through it together so that whatever was in, in the envelope, maybe it was a bill that they hadn't paid for like three months or something. And how were they and like paid the bill with them or um, set up an appointment with them that they had gotten like, uh, something in the mail, it was time for them to schedule because there was the taking the next step, taking that action was causing so much anxiety that it just became too overwhelming. So we've definitely done it together. This is where, this is where our jobs actually are parallel, Lori. <laughs> um, Yay. See, yeah. I always knew it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And yeah. Yeah, we just make people, we just not make, we just encourage people <laughs> to put it into words and bring it and bring it to us so that then they feel empowered. And in the same way, you go, would go into a home and help somebody set up that system so that they would feel the anxiety would lessen and then they could start to set new systems up. Like CBT right, and I mean, or just CBT. And, <laughs> and, my, and my goal when I work with people is to help them come to those conclusions also by themselves. It's not for me to go in there and say, you need to throw this away or you need to do this because that's counter, that's counterintuitive. I want to get people to be able to have that narrative in their head go, do I really need to hold on to this? Okay. If I did need to retrieve this letter, file, statement, fill in the blank, could I go to my bank? Could I log in online? Could I Google this? Could I find it elsewhere? What would be, how long would it take me to get this back? You know, how much time am I wasting either holding onto a stack or taking time to actually physically file it? You know, is that time that could be used more wisely elsewhere? You know, could I reclaim that time in my day? So it's helping them kind of work through that. So eventually they just hear my, they just hear my voice in their heads. Sorry, people, (laughs) you know, and so they don't, you know, they don't need me there as much to, to prompt them. You should be the voice in their head. Well, yeah. Diana says that because as therapists, we like to be voice in our clients' heads. <laughs> Maybe Lori doesn't want to be that voice. Um, as I was um, thinking about mail, and um, I've noticed that most of my bills are now electronic. It was it just felt like 
whenever something is sent to me in the mail, it feels like I have to take an action. And I think that sometimes feels a little overwhelming that I always have to act because in my regular life, I'm always acting, I'm always doing. And so when it comes, I guess, an email, I don't know why. It just becomes very easy. I just kind of pay it. I can do it really quickly. And I, I think that it goes back to um, just things being easy. And so mm-hmm. when I do things online, it just feels so much easier than if I have to actually mail out a letter, I actually have to write out a check, right? The things that are no longer convenient for me. So I'm wondering, what is it about the mail that kind of paralyzes us? Is it about the fact that I have to take action? Well, absolutely. I think it, I think it boils down to decision fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. And also there are a lot of people claim their mail at the end of the day after they've done a long day of work and they're just mentally drained, maybe physically drained. And then it's just one more decision that they have to make, Mm -hmm. even if it's something super simple of like throwing it in the recycling bin. And it's just easier to say, I'll get to it later. I'll put to it. I'll get to it later. And it doesn't seem like it's a top priority, but what happens is that starts to snowball. And so if you can start to get in the habit of having these clear defined, like, if I don't need it, I'm just going to do it. Like keeping the recycling bin. One of the biggest game changers that I did, and I'm going to make two like actual like tactical tips for people is one of the biggest game changers I made is I put my, I live in a house, I live in the suburbs. So I have a, I have a two story house, which I know a lot of your listeners probably have apartments, but I put my shredder underneath my desk in my kitchen, as opposed to having it upstairs in my office, because that way, if I had stuff that came in, I was able to shred it right then and there. And I have like a small, it's tiny, like it's a small, like from Staples that was like 20 bucks that I bought online. It just allowed me to not say, oh, I'm going to put this because it's an extra step. I'm going to put this in the basket to go upstairs and then I'm going to go into my office. And I'm going to, and again, first world problems, I have a house with an office and all that, which I understand a lot of people don't have, but that's all the more reason is instead of moving the clutter from room to room, just get rid of it. So if you know that you don't want it, get rid of it right then and there. The other thing is, you know, some people want to pay that bill right then and there you know, whether they're paying it electronically or they're still, you know, old school writing a check. Well, I don't, I don't have the time to do this piecemeal. So I want to dedicate one day a month to paying my bill. Like I have whatever I can on auto draft, right. Which is the majority of my bill. So I don't have to think about it. They're like on auto, you know, auto pay, but then those other bills that come in, I have, right by my, I call my command center and you don't need a house to have a command center. You can have a command center wherever it could be in your kitchen. It could be in your entryway, but it's the little space that you, you know, whether it's, that's where you leave your keys. That's where you charge your phone. That's where, you know, that's where you drop the mail, whatever it is, your command center is that space. And I just have a small vertical, not a flat inbox, but just like almost like a letter bin. And one of them says, to do. And one of them says to file. So anything that goes in my action, anything that I get, and it shouldn't be that much because again, I don't have a big file pile, but anything that I get that I do need, I just put it back there. So when it's time for me to go pay the bills, when I say I actually do have a chunk of time that I'm going to do it, I don't have to sort through a stack. I immediately know, oh, these five things need to get paid and I can just sit down and pay them. So you don't have to do it the second it comes in. I think that that is important for people to know, because I think that everyone kind of feels like they're such in a rush and they have to get to things. And what happens when they don't get to it? Maybe they never get to it. Right. That's when you start to kind of feel overwhelmed and um, just don't have like too much compassion for yourself because you didn't do all the things that you thought you were supposed to do. This has really been super helpful. I hope you are getting some really good tips. What I do want to talk about, Lori, is the Pinterest syndrome, which I think it should be in a DSM, right? Because, but also I saw something on the HGTV syndrome too. It just feels for me like it's just all of these unrealistic expectations of like what things should be, what our space should be. It brings about a lot of shame. So when you meet with people, do they pull out this like Pinterest board and they're like, hey, Lori, look. (laughs) Um, First of all, amen to what you said. I started business 
in 2009. And that was, so there was no Pinterest and there was no Instagram. So just like, just marinating that for a second. HGTV, that's when HGTV was like really in its heyday, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, I love HGTV. Like I love all of that. And one of the things that I started doing right away was explaining to, because it's natural that people will watch a 22 minute episode with a whole production crew (laughs) and expect things to get done like this. And I always say two things. First of all, like, even when I had an assistant, we're a team of two, you know, or one-on-one working with people. So we don't have a production crew, but also your clutter didn't accumulate overnight. So it's, it's unrealistic to think that it's just going to go away in, you know, the blink of an eye, just having that like honest, tough conversation with people of making I don't want to say lowering their expectation, but just adjusting it and tweaking it to what is more realistic um, was really a big part of my job, you know, to be honest. I mean, it still it still is, but it really was a big thing back in the day before my industry, before professional organizing was as mainstream as it is today. Now, fast forward, I what I hear from people is I don't get people that necessarily like pull out you know, a Pinterest board, like, you know, like you would pull out (laughs) magazine tear sheets back in the day. Mm -hmm. But what I do see people or hear people say is I wish my, my pantry looked like this, or this closet looks great. I'm like, we can make your closet look like that. If you've got two pairs of shoes and four tops, (laughs) (laughs) you've got 37 pairs of shoes and 12 black shirts. So like, it's, it's all about choices and consequences. And this is like the mom in me where I'm like, it's, it's up to you. Like we can work to make your closet or your pantry or whatever your you know, fill in the blank space, have that visual. We could decant everything into a pretty acrylic bin and label it. That's not a problem, but are you going to maintain it? Because that requires work. So you have two choices. You're either going to outsource it and pay somebody to do it for you, which you totally can do, or you have to carve out time in your already busy calendar cluttered schedule to maintain that. You know, I, when I was working on site one-on-one with clients, you know, on a regular basis, I would be there on site with an assistant for four to five hours at a chunk. So that's two people, that's eight to 10 hours of people dedicating to a workspace, you know, on, on making a space organized. I don't do that in my own home. I'm lucky if I get 20 minutes to do a quick sweep <laughs> in my own house. So you have to understand, like, I, I kind of, again, try to just bring people back down to like, realistically, is this something that you think that you want to be able to maintain it? Like Diana? She loves her huggable hangers. We converted all of her stuff to it. You know, it was yes, like I a changing, like life thing for her, life altering. But yes. for other people, we can put wood hangers or pretty matching hangers. But if you outsource your dry cleaning and aren't going to take the time to transfer it from the dry cleaning hanger to it, mm-hmm. then those pretty hangers are just going to end up as clutter. So you have to look at, have that honest like come to Jesus talk with yourself of how is this system that, you know, we're setting up going to hold up in the long run. Got it. Does that answer your question? Yes. No, I think it definitely. I I think I was, I'm thinking about um, the, I'm thinking about my huggable hangers and go now I'm like in my mind have gone to every corner of my house right now that I want to (laughs) clean up. I'm like, Oh, I want to go to the closet and I want to start, throwing things away and I want to get rid of the mail. But the reality is, is that I have to work for the rest of the day and it's not going to happen. So like what the places that I can keep organized and have been organized. And I do take the time to transfer to Mason jars for sure in my closet, in my cabinets, because I think it's pretty. Um, But like what I really have, the reality of what I have time for to do the fantasy of what I my interior. That's who I follow on Instagram. But the beauty of it, it, see, the beauty of it is though, there are so many people. I mean, I, like I said, I don't do as much onsite work, but you know, this will be like a shameless plug. Like I have an, I have a network of professional organizers all around the globe uh, in various cities of people that are 
passionate about this industry that are the roll up your sleeves. I'm going to come in your home and work with you. And so if this is a pain point for you and you know that this will help your mental health and will give you time and peace so that you can focus on all the things, you know, when quarantine lifts, even if you have them come in, you know, whether it's for a specific project or they come in once a month or twice a month, just to kind of help keep you on task and kind of fill in those holes where you might be slipping because we can't do it all, especially if you are trying to work outside the home and maintain a home and raise kids or do whatever else you're doing. There are people that can help and there's no shame in asking for help, which you guys know all about. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so interesting because um, when I thought about having this backyard and redoing the backyard, it was all about my mental health. Um, So during this quarantine, I've been living in an apartment in Manhattan and it's been rough, right? Because my dining room is where I eat, is where I work. You know, I do everything in this one space and and it's been definitely rough for me. So my thought was that, okay, I need some outside space, right? Like I need to be one with nature in some way. Like I need a full on oasis in this backyard, right? And the first thing I did was go to Pinterest. The first thing I did. And it was like, because this was just like the holy grail of what I wanted the backyard to look like. And now I'm starting to think about, okay, that's the holy grail. What is the backyard really going to look like? <laughs> and am I going to be okay with what it really look, what, what it will really look like and not what the fantasy is? And, and I think that, first of all, there's nothing wrong with going to Pinterest. I mean, I go to Pinterest if I'm looking for inspiration. I think that's what Pinterest is designed for. I think it's designed for inspiration. And there's nothing wrong with looking at that. I think it's about recognizing, again, that these photos are professionally taken or they're curated. And these, you know, this is, you know, this is whatever that subject matter experts area of expertise is. Right. right? So, if I, you know. I'm the, I'm the quintessential like Pinterest fail when it comes to, you know, if it was like baking or something like, again, (laughs) yeah, like that's not my jam. Like I, you know, I'm all about, you know, I have my lane and I know what I'm good at and I will look to these for inspiration, but I will take nuggets of that and say, oh, I like this, but I will tweak it and modify it like I would a recipe to kind of put my own unique spin on it. I think there's nothing wrong with looking at it. And in your case saying, you know what I'm finding that I really like vibrant color flowers. So I want to get like a bunch of hanging baskets and I want to get this, or, you know what? I really like more muted stuff. Or I really like uh, more evergreen. I like this or, Oh, I think having, um, you know, wicker furniture versus this or whatever it is, just know what you're gravitating to because just like we all have our kind of style, like if you open your closet and, you know, you can identify a, a patterns of, you know, where people, what people like, it's going to be the same there. So just start to look at what it is that your gives you those feelings of, of calm and then go to your local garden center, wherever that is and get a bunch of, you know, plants and flowers or whatever that space looks like, you know, pretty lights outside on the deck or, you know, citronella, you know, candles or whatever it is that are going to give you the feeling that you're getting when you see that picture. Right. Cause it is all about the feeling. When I look at the picture, I think about how am I going to feel in that space? And like you guys know in your profession, you know, sometimes people think that if I look this way, if I buy this, if my house looks like this, that that is going to fix the problems that are in their life. And that's not necessarily true. Right. So it's, it's a matter of just, if you're stressed about, you know, if you're, you know, like I've been having sleepless nights about being able to bring my team back and what is that going to look like with everything that's going on. And so, you know, that is the stress that's weighing on me. And yes, me looking at sitting in my backyard does give me peace, but it's not fixing that problem and recognizing that doing this is going to give you an outlet, but it's not solving a problem. It's just giving you an outlet. So you get Lori to help you with the backyard. And okay. then, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't you get, wait. Yeah, it, but the step is, is then you still like, and you feel better and you have some relief, but there's still a therapeutic component that has, that needs to, an intervention that needs to come in, right? Like what, when we create these spaces and um, I mean, I am 
I am a big, like, I want everything to look like it should be in Pinterest in my house. So, <laughs> and excited, super excited to uh, work on Anisha's backyard and probably socially distance back there a couple of times. <laughs> there's some selfishness involved in that too. It helps you change your feeling and like there's an emotional connection to it, but that it might not solve the bigger issue and that in the bigger issue, talking to one of us would, or someone like us would be like how the two go hand in hand. And I think like the asking for help and looking at the pow- how powerful it is to ask for help and have somebody come into your home and help you move things around and take care of things is such a is such a big step for a lot of people and the relief on the other side is just incredible so just thinking about all the all the feels today all the feels so so basically I'm going to need Lori but I also need to call my therapist <laughs> <laughs> Well, right. You don't. <laughs> your therapist is going to help gonna you call repl- Lori. I'm not going to replace you. I'm not going to replace <laughs> the therapist, but I get to be the fake therapist on TV. That's what I. <laughs> she, she does. She plays one on TV, and she's very good at it. What is it? What are some of the things you're going to put in that backyard, Anisha? Um, I want a fire pit. That oh, is like one huge thing. Um, we just put a fire pit in our backyard. How do you like it? I love it. It was my Mother's Day present to myself. Oh, I love that. So I definitely need a new grill. So I'm really excited to grill. Um, I do want some cool lights. I had my um, husband um, go out and take some video last week. And I realized that the neighbors, they have like all of this crap in their backyard. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to need something that, so I don't have to see that. (laughs) Like, so I have to figure out... What we're going to do, because I don't want to see all their crap in their backyard. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, I think that just some really nice lounge chairs, because um, I love the sun, and I love to lay out in the summer. And so that's going to be really important. I'm going to take my um, phone sessions out in the backyard while I'm laying in the sun. And a kiddie pool, because when it gets really hot, I'm just going to sit right in my kiddie pool. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love, love it. everything about it. I think it is the best, like future thinking self care to give yourself for the summer. It's amazing. I'm really happy. Okay. I'm going to be also happy to be sitting in that kiddie pool, but <laughs> <laughs> when it's my turn. So I know we are nearing the end. So that means that we have some questions for you, Lori. <laughs> are you okay. ready? I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Two questions generally. One is like super fun. The other one is a little bit more serious. So we'll go with the super fun first. If your life had a mascot, what would the mascot be? (laughs) Okay, you guys cannot see Lori's face. She's like, really, Anisha, this is the best that you could do? Like, I'm finally... But she's got a she's got a question that she wanted you to ask. We gotta find out what it is. No, it's fine. I I mean, it's gotta be it's gotta be something that is like like a like a cheetah or a lion. It's gotta be something that's like fierce. I love that's what it would be, because but but like loving and nurturing, but fierce. So I don't know what that is spirit animal is definitely like a lion. Yeah. Okay. Well, there who, it is. <laughs> has just had children and she is protecting her cubs <laughs> with some fierce love for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. But not uh, a helicopter. No, she's not a helicopter mom, but she's going to, she is in it. She's in it but with I you will, the whole time. But I will cut a bitch. If they <laughs> <laughs> But um, there was a there was a, wait. Did you want the '90s Jam question? Okay, so I already I have the '90s Jam and oh, the Diamond and Dash. Oh, all right, let's do it, do it. '90s Jam, girl. '90s Jam. Okay, so I'm gonna shame, but like you guys are gonna be like rolling your eyes at me because I was thinking about it because the '90s were like a pivotal decade for me. Like there was so much of my life. That happened in the nineties. I met, met Diana me. in the nineties. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I met my husband in the nineties. I got married in the nineties, graduated college in the it was big, moved to New York in the nineties. Like a lot happened in the nineties. I would say it's 
anything off of the Counting Crows sound. Anything from Counting Crows is, is like a nice <laughs> for me. Okay, fine. Like it is right. totally I got a little eye roll. But <laughs> it's okay. I knew it would be, but I, I don't care because I don't care and I'm being authentic. So it's not some rap thing or anything like that. It's that's it. I'm, no I'm a little. This is be real, nope. Diana. She's being yeah, real. She's totally being real. I get it. You can I ask. You. you can ask Josh. I'm sure it would be hip hop, but not me. No. So okay, no. and I have, have ever never, done dashed. Never. I was a waitress, and once a <laughs> yes! waitress, our first waitress. Yes. Never. I am appalled at every, I am, I am shaming everybody that has ever done it. And I've been waiting for my Wait. platform to tell people. I, see why I, see oh, I was waiting for the waitress. I was waiting for the waitress. I'm so glad it was Lori. Yeah. And my kids will tell you now I was not a waitress while like after I had kids, but my kids will tell you that I have mentioned being a waitress 500 million thousand times when we go out to restaurants to the waitress. It's okay. I was a waitress too. Don't worry. I'll stop. <laughs> Every time I was a waitress. Yes. And both of my kids do work in the restaurant and they're both in the service industry, but like as hostesses and runners and whatever. So I think mm-hmm. it's very important, but yes, it's, it's a claim to fame. Yes. Recently, um, in the past, well, I think it's like been a week and a half around uh, on Facebook, uh, somebody posted a, that I went to high school with a picture of my parents' diner from when I was a kid. So I actually started waiting tables when I was 13. So <laughs> I was going to ask you to work at the diner. <laughs> so it's been really fun to see it like to see all the people connect to it. Cause they all, it was right in the middle of our town. And so people would come in all the time. And like every person that I went to high school with has a connection to it because every single person pretty much in the whole town went in and out of uh, Goodwins. So it was I super fun. Yeah. I love that. So yes, there's no dining and dashing in my life no. ever. <laughs> <laughs> was there another question that I robbed you from asking me? No, though, there's, uh, oh, uh, well, this is not as fun, but. How have you been brave today? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> day still young, girl. Day still day, young. Day still young. Day is still young. Who knows yeah. what will happen for the rest of the day? We will we'll circle back to that and see if we can get the answer. <laughs> um, well, thank you all very much. We hope that you enjoyed our time together. I loved having you today, Lori. It is just Ugh, I'm so glad that you and Anisha got to meet because you two are so special to me and I can't wait for this little um, love fest to happen with the backyard. So uh, Lori, what, um, what are we promoting for you today? Your podcast, this organized yeah, life? I mean, I think if anybody, amazing wants to book. Um, I think if anybody wants to, obviously you guys are listening to podcasts. So if you want to head on over to mine and check it out, it's called this organized life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if you, I do have a book called Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, and you, it's available wherever books are sold. But you can just go to my website, which is Simply Be Organized. That's the letter B, and I'm sure Diana will put it in the show notes. Um, you can connect up with me on social media, um, on all the things. I mean, email, whatever. Uh, I didn't see, what did you say, Don? <laughs> Don's back there <laughs> because every week I'm like, who's your favorite? Is it me? <laughs> it was, I didn't see it. I was, was like in the middle of months. It yeah, was so. not our question, but you know, Don, who is your favorite? Uh, I can't answer that today. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, as always, Be Well Psychotherapy is open and we are working from home doing online counseling. And if any of the feelings have become too overwhelming, most specifically during this time of COVID-19, of being quarantined, being at home. Uh, we are here to help you and we want to make sure that you are supported and getting all the support that you need. So please reach out to us at bewellpsychotherapy.com and uh, we'll see you next. We're going to stop here and we'll see you next week. Stay safe and wash, and your, wash hands. your hands. <laughs> <laughs>
and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.